The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Name Three Songs. I'm Sarah Fagan. And I'm Jenna Million. And this is the podcast where we take the piss and debunk music fan stereotypes. Because let's be honest, fangirls knew about that band way before you did. And if you stick around long enough, we'll also let you in on some new music the girls are already crazy about. So today, we're talking about what is wrong with the fangirl stigma. So Sarah, can you tell us a little bit about this fangirl stigma? I feel like there's just always just like a heavy sigh when anybody refers to someone as a fangirl, because no matter how hard we try to like reclaim the term and like the use of what it is, it still always has the stigma behind it of like a crazy stalker who's like overly obsessed with a band. And it's just like, I don't know, it upsets me. And I feel like somebody always has some story about like a stalker outside of like a musician's home. Or my personal favorite fangirl story was when one of the boys from The Wanted moved and a girl pretended that she was part of um, his stuff and she packed himself in a box and left it outside of his home and then was in a box for three days. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That's heavy. It's dedication. It's my favorite story. Also, she was there for three days? I think it was three days. She was in the box have, for three days? I don't have the actual facts. I ha- I, I will oh my unearth the interview I did where they informed me of this, but it was the wildest, craziest thing I'd ever been told in my whole life. The, the, the term fangirl, there's such a strong connotation with it. Like a casual listener is just a fan, but a fangirl is like this next level thing. Um, And it's really just like this misunderstanding of passion from young teenage girls that's construed in a bad way. Did you actually know that there is a key point in history when like fangirl syndrome started? Really? What, what, where does this history go? So there was this like concert pianist named Franz Liszt in like the 1800s. Um, who literally started what today is known as fangirldom, but in the past it was called Listomania, um, which is actually funny. What, what band uh, has that song? Is it quiet? Phoenix. Yeah, so there's Listomania. Yeah, there's literally like a song about it, which is just the wildest thing ever. But he was like a 30-year-old concert pianist, and there was a concert, and he literally, I think he did like covers. Like he wasn't even like somebody who wrote his own music like he was doing like covers and there were women in the crowd who were just losing their minds they were like throwing their handkerchiefs up on stage and like if he would like if there were things where like they would collect like broken piano strings and like all this stuff and there was just like this mass hysteria and at the time they didn't understand what was going on so they thought of it as like a dangerous medical condition (laughs) it's like so crazy (laughs) it's like my favorite thing in music history is that like there are like written like newspaper articles like archival information like literally dating fangirl syndrome <laughs> it's like this crazy thing i can't believe this 
There's a really good article about it, like, in The Atlantic that explains what happened, and they literally cite and, like, quote, have quotes in the article from these, like, German newspapers that reviewed the shows, and were talking about, like, this hysteria that women were having, and they even um, mentioned a time when there was, like, a woman who was waiting outside the venue, and she, like, um, and she saw him throw, like, a cigarette butt into the gutter, and she went, and she picked it up, and she, I think she, like, preserved it in some way and put it inside of a locket, and that locket would, like, have this, like, weird stench coming out of it, because it was, like, a used cigarette butt in the 1800s. (laughs) Oh my god. It's just, it's so crazy. Oh my god. it's not, that's the thing is, it's like, it's not crazy that people were doing that. It's crazy that, like, it goes back that far and that there's still a stigma around it. Yeah. And that it was so misunderstood yeah. back then and still so misunderstood now. And there's literal, like, archival articles about what was going on then. And so it's like, I just feel like throughout history, there have been times where, like, women have felt certain ways and they're like, you're hysterical to the mental asylum you go and it's just like they either were just horny (laughs) or bored and so it's just I don't know it's it's really funny and then it's just really interesting to me like other ways that those similar effects were brought up throughout history because I mean a person I feel like that isn't talked about enough and should be talked about more is like Elvis um, because he's not a boy band, and because I guess at some point men claimed him, um, I feel like it's not discussed. But like Elvis Presley was like this crazy artist who was like on stage shaking his hips. Like I don't even what like that was in the fifties. So I guess like it was after World War II, and there was just like this crazy like sexualization of this man on TV. Um, and women would faint and freak out, and it's the same sort of, like, hysteria that is mentioned in these, like, German concert reviews of Franz Liszt's concert, um, and then based off of Elvis Presley, they, like, made the film, the musical Bye Bye Birdie, which has, like, basically just an Elvis, it's just a film basically about Elvis, but not because you couldn't get away with that, but just depicting, like, fangirls reacting to a man by, like, fainting, and it causing, like, this hysteria of, like, oh, who knows when they'll wake up. <laughs> it's just, like, I don't know. It's so, it's so wild to me. Yeah, because I know we, uh, you think about this a lot with, like, the Beatles and, like, the wave of hysteria that, like, swept across the U.S. when they, like, were on television and all this stuff, so. Yeah. I mean, that's, like, when I think about it, that's, like, the first instance that comes to my mind about, like, fangirls. But it's really interesting that it predates that by, like, 200 years with a friends list. Um, So I guess let's let's get into, like, current day. Um, What, you know, what are we dealing with this fangirl stigma? And I think the first point here is kind of fangirls' opinions are not valid because they're young and therefore they're seen as delusional, crazy, not valid of having these, uh, opinions. Yeah. No, it's like, that's another thing is that like you brought to a point, like a pitchfork article that was written in 2015. But the thing that I found most interesting was that the pitchfork article linked back to a childmind.org article about how like, it's actually 
really healthy and good for like adolescent like girls to um sort of like idolize musicians because it kind of makes them realize that like there are people outside of their family that can influence your life and like as long as they're doing it in like a healthy way so as long as you don't catch a stalker syndrome which honestly like doesn't happen that often um but just like when it does obviously it's written about but i mean men stalk people too Katy perry had a stalker for years but that's a whole other thing <laughs> um, but there is literally like a quote from some book called adolescent idolization of pop singers causes expressions and reliance and it concluded that idolization is in fact a required element of youth culture. And it, the quote is, is idolization of pop stars has unique characteristics for adolescents. It provides a basis for self-expression, the construction of self-identity and the achievement of independence, which I found really interesting. That is interesting. Um, and I think if we think about in the context of like what teen girls are interested in um and i don't know what comes to my mind is like the stem side of it like science math technology all of that of like mm -hmm. oh there's not many women in stem and like now um now that there are more women in stem it's like there are more women in these types of positions for young girls to look up to mm -hmm. um so i think that's kind of interesting that like why but like why are they so drawn i mean some of us so drawn to music rather and the people that we're idolizing aren't always like women identifying um pop stars a lot of times it's the boy bands and stuff like that i feel like um there's that eternalized misogyny that you don't really get over until you are like in college or old enough to like make your own choices and make your own friends and realize that like women aren't all against each other and that like you can be friends yeah but i feel like That's for such really a long point. time i had a hard time listening to female musicians like once like yeah. after my like avril lavigne phase there was like the phase where it was like, oh, like a girl's trying to sing in a band. She's just trying to be cool and be in with the band, which is stupid and like not fair. And now I like look back on music that I just completely missed out on, like Paramore, because I just was like, oh, what's Haley Williams doing? And it was just yeah. dumb and unnecessary. But so I feel like there's like, that's part of why like a lot of like teen girls might not like listen or like look up to or like fangirl over like female artists is because of like internalized misogyny but also I think it's like a lot of girls don't get noticed by like the guys that they like and so having boy bands sing songs that like make you feel like they could be interested in you which is like the whole point of a boy band is to make everyone think that they're in love with them basically is like it like makes girls feel safe in a way that boys don't tend to make girls feel safe in high school and middle school and so i feel like that's a lot of the obsession yeah that's interesting and i want to say one thing um it's it's like it's almost like teen girls are having you know such strong passion about this situation and at the same time men or boys are being told to you know get, take control of their emotions or like don't show emotions stuff like that not to be vulnerable and mm -hmm. i almost wonder if there's like in like part of that is the same thing of like you don't see teen boys being so obsessed with things i mean or like it's the stigma is around girls and not boys because of kind of like that 
like misogynistic reason yeah no definitely and I feel like the things that teen boys are obsessed with outwardly are things that are like societally acceptable so like video games and baseball and like that sort of thing so they never and if they do vocalize like their obsessions for music it's like something that they don't show in their home unless like their parents raise them that that's fine you know it's also it's also just really funny considering like there's so many men in music and like so many men in music that young girls look up to but it's like I don't know it's just baffling it's like like how did they go from how did team boys go from playing video games and baseball to like becoming pop you know what i'm saying like where's the crossover there i guess i guess they're just like different uh demographics in general but well that's the thing that i always think about is it's like i no matter how obsessed i was with a band i would never want to know about them before they were in the band because there was always that fear that like pete Wentz maybe bullied somebody in high school or like something like that but like oh. the, <laughs> like but the thing is is that at least with the music that i obsessed over when i was like a teen preteen it was all like emo music so these were like sad boys and so in my mind it was like they could have never done anything bad because they were bullied too and so that was like how i found like solace in them was i was like oh like they might because like if you listen back literally because like at the time when I was like 13, 14, like my favorite album in the whole world was From Under the Cork Tree by Fallout Boy. And if you listen back to these songs, like they hated women. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. It's like, but like it, they did it in such like an eloquent way that you have no idea that they're like, oh, this girl's a slut. <laughs> it's like, or like, or like you chose to just like not listen to that part and you're like, no, like this is fine. This is good music. Well, I just didn't know. I was, like, 13 and, like, lived under a rock. Went over your head. And it would just be, like, yeah. oh, she, like, he's just a notch in her bedpost, but he, she's just a line in a song. And so that's being, like, she's a slut, but, like, now nobody knows who the slut is, but, like, I'm famous and singing about her. <laughs> it's, like, oh. Yeah. Wow. There's the power structures here. Oh, my God. So it's, like, a dude has, like, the power to, like, sing about this girl who's like basically could be anyone and like who knows who the heck she is or where the heck she is now but this dude has this platform to like say what he wants about her which is kind of crazy and my my version of this was all-time low and I loved all-time low so 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 much and now I listen back and I'm like wow this is (laughs) this really hits different (laughs) listening to it when you're in your mid-20s yeah but I just feel like the whole fangirl thing is just really interesting because when it's not like boy band music which is manufactured specifically for girls like there is like this other music that is not manufactured specifically for girls and even in some cases has like subliminal messaging to make girls think that like girls can't be like like have sex for fun or like do these things and all that and it like sort of ingrains the internal miso- internalized misogyny more well we both grew up in that like pop punk scene um yeah in like the mid 2000s and like where where we are now in 2020 is so different than like where things were in 2007 and 
like like you just said listening back to these lyrics it's like wow they really hated women or i can't believe they said that and like we just went with it back then and now it's like that stuff would not fly like the same way with like the me too movement and all of that so that's kind of interesting i just find it really interesting because i feel like the stigma around fangirls is always in conjunction with boy bands whereas like literally every or just like pop artists more so so like justin bieber one direction like justin timberlake that sort of stuff like even ed sheeran i feel like had fangirls which is weird but <laughs> oh absolutely but i, I feel think like... like so i think like you you touched on this and let's go into it but yeah. what you're saying here is fangirls being made to feel guilty about something that is specifically created for them yeah the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, podcast listener, do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today. Like these boy bands, like Justin Bieber, all of these were like to some degree, to a lot of degree, especially boy bands were manufactured by the music industry to sell products of music and posters and memorabilia and all of that to young teenage fangirls. And yet at the same time, these girls are made to feel guilty about something that the industry made for them. Yeah. And I mean, like pop music, like honestly started with manufactured stuff where it would be like they would hear some guy singing in like a talent show at a mall or whatever the case is and be like oh he has a good voice he's doing like a cover of something we're gonna take him and mold him and like write music for him and then maybe eventually like he'll be a gifted musician and can write his own stuff but like we're gonna we're gonna create him in a lab yeah and like yeah. make make girls swoon and like buy binders with his face on it and like that whole thing and it's like so there are so there's like a room of like grown-ass men sitting there being like okay how can we write a song that's going to speak to like a demographic of like females that are between the ages of like 10 and 18 and then how are we going to get them to stay around forever and that's like that's literally what happens and it's just it's so crazy to me that it's so clear especially in the past like 10 years that these artists were like created in a lab for girls to consume yeah like like girls are so powerful like in the music industry for a reason because like they know what's good and what's not and I mean like nine times out of ten if you're listening to some artist and like you have a female friend who likes music like they're gonna be like yeah I've known about them for years 
because <laughs> like that's just how we work I mean at least like from my experience like that's how me and my friends work like you just go to shows until you find something that you latch on to and then you're just like I love this band <laughs> so much um so it's it's just it's just as wild <laughs> like wild let's get crazy. into um so we both watched this documentary this 2018 documentary called I used to be normal um a boy band fangirl story and it followed the journey of four different women um in Australia and America who were they're fans of the Beatles um the Australian group take that and then in sync no no not in sync oh take- <laughs> wait what take that's British Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. This is news to me. Um, <laughs> and then the two Americans were into the Backstreet Boys and One Direction. So yeah. what stood out to you about this documentary, Sarah? So the thing that really hit me the hardest in that documentary was like the three women. So like people who have careers and like are kind of like still love these boy bands or like okay like they're not super active anymore like i i can't like see them so my whole life doesn't revolve around them in the same way but they still passionately care about these artists they all talk like and this is like people who are born in like the 80s to people who were born in like the 30s like the oldest woman who was like a beatles fangirl like they all talked about how they have felt the need to like hide their dedication to these artists that have literally shaped their whole lives especially that woman in australia with take that who like take that has literally just like shaped her into a whole her whole being and like it just like it it like hurt my soul (laughs) to like hear these people be like oh yeah like i wouldn't like hang a poster of like the backstreet boys at my desk because people might judge me or like i would never like tell anybody that like i like try to emulate Gary Barlow from Take That because like they're gonna judge me because it's a boy band whereas I feel like if I hung up a picture of Harry Styles at my desk my coworkers would be like oh you like Harry Styles cool like nobody would judge me like they might judge me silently but they wouldn't make fun of me okay but there's the I I agree and I think there's a difference between you hanging up a poster of Harry Styles and you hanging up a poster of One Direction because Harry Styles as a solo artist has become so much more popular, represented something very cool. Um, He's very much like equity for all um, and very kind and aware of different minority groups. Uh, Whereas One Direction is very much that pop creation that Simon Cowell made for all of us to consume. And you and I were both One Direction fans. And it would be, like, what do you think the reaction would be if you hung up a One Direction poster instead? I don't, like, right now, I don't think it would be a problem because it's, like, cool now to, like, like a boy band that doesn't exist anymore. Like, that's, like, a weird pop culture, like, tidbit. I think, so, when I was younger, I interned at Seventeen Magazine, and I interned at Seventeen Magazine when One Direction was, like, up and coming. I was in the office when the That's What Makes You Beautiful music video dropped, and I was like in this like intern like prop closet with like one other intern and I just remember that I knew the video was coming out and I had to close the door because I <laughs> literally cried because <laughs> like I oh my gosh this was like the craziest time in my life and no it wasn't yeah it was it was a music video and it was just like it was so crazy and I kept being like, guys, you need to pay attention to this boy band. And like, I'm just like an intern, like 
nobody cares what my opinion is, but like anybody who would come in and talk to me and be like, oh, like, we need this from the archives. Like we need that. I'd be like, there's this boy band from England. They're going to be the biggest thing in the whole world. We need to care. And they would just be like, no, <laughs> like it's fine. Everything's fine. And I'd be like, no, we, we need to care. And like any moment of free time that I had was like dedicated to me trying to convince this magazine to care about One Direction. Um, and I had like their poster hanging up and like nobody ever said anything where they just kind of be like, oh, like this crazy intern and like her boy band. <laughs> but at that time, but to your point at that time, they were not as big. They were not as big then because they were like nobody coming out of they were. and they hadn't like, exactly. So then it was, it was still like an obscure thing. So it was like kind of cool, um, but at like, like the height of One Direction, I mean, I don't, like, I guess my thing is, is that like when so when I moved to England I went and I saw One Direction by myself and I bought my ticket a year before I was going to go see them and by the time I was going I felt so like begrudging about it because people were like you're too old to like a boy band you're too old to be going to see a boy band by yourself and but at the same time like I knew that these people like when if somebody put One Direction on when we were like getting drunk on like a Thursday, <laughs> like the student pub and One Direction came on, everybody's singing because they all know the words. And so it's just that thing where people say stuff to be cool. But I guess, yeah, like if I had hung up a One Direction poster at the time when they were at their height, people would be like, why are you doing this? I think I'm trying to think of my own. So I was in high school uh, when uh like that's what makes you beautiful came out mm -hmm. and I was the first person in my friend group to like One Direction because I was on Tumblr and I like <laughs> yeah so I knew them anyways uh I like got all of my friends into it and I at one point like I did go see them in concert and I had a t-shirt of like their album which I still have and I would wear it occasionally to high school, but I was never very like, oh, I, I'm a 1D person. Like I never would be like talking about it, but I was like, okay with, uh, cause I was like known that I was like the person who was like into music and I was like, yeah, I was like the music girl or whatever. Um, and so like occasionally I just like wear it as like a, yeah, a pop culture reference. Yeah, like in a cool way, but I think I, never like fully let anyone know except for like my close friends like how just how into them I was oh I used to tweet photos of myself listening to a One Direction album at my internship at Liam Payne because he said he'd follow people that listen to the album and he never followed me on Twitter oh my gosh oh my gosh which is just embarrassing because Liam's embarrassing at this point but at the time he was not <laughs> just now just in the current year um but yeah so I guess I never really thought about that because now it's just like normal and yeah and I remember my so my freshman year of high school I went to see them again or not my freshman my freshman year of college I went to see them again on tour and I don't remember which album they were touring it was like their third album that they were mm -hmm. Midnight Memories whatever um and I like really wanted to get a poster of them but mm -hmm. I didn't because I was like, oh, I don't want a poster of like a boy band hanging in my dorm, even <laughs> though like I really wanted it. Like I, I didn't get it. So I don't think about like, like 2012 that often. Um, like when I think about One Direction, I just like think about One Direction as like a collective part of like my personal 
history at this point and like I feel like right now there's just this like surgence of people being like why have I ignored this artist for so long which I think is really great but also at the same time I feel like it needs to be discussed because it's like we know why you ignore that artist for so long and like no one's gonna say it but like the reason is because like it's not cool to like something designed for preteen girls to like and that's the issue and like now especially with like tiktok taking off like there are a lot of guys like on tiktok who are like oh my god i've been sleeping on one direction and the only reason why they're realizing that one direction made good music because let's be real there are maybe what five bad one direction songs like you're only realizing that because harry styles is like acceptable and cool now and it's like niall makes really good music like they all make really good music and like Honestly, like, Niall went from being, like, a glorified background singer to a super successful solo artist who took the route of going slightly country and, like, blew up. And it's just, like, this really crazy thing that, like, Harry Styles dressing cool and, like, doing something interesting is what finally got people to, like, take the rest of the boys seriously and take the whole group seriously. And, like... Because there obviously, like, there was that period where, like, Zane, like, left the band and it's, like, oh, now it's cool. But, like, I could go on a One Direction tangent and that's for, like, another day. <laughs> but, we'll save that for the next episode. Yes, exactly. Come back if you want to hear But, yeah, Harry, that. I agree. Harry was really a catalyst for them becoming cool. Yeah. Um, it's not One Direction, but it's, like, the same thing with, like, NSYNC where, like, I was, I was a Backstreet Boys fan, like, it's really wild to me and there's a youtube documentary just on the topic of like boy bands and people like judging people for liking boy bands like there was like the whole nsync thing where when nsync stopped being a boy band like justin timberlake went and directly did like solo music and his solo music was like sexy and like oh like i'm not this like cookie cutter boy band boy like i get it like i like have sex with girls and like i do all these like raunchy things and like the thing about all this that was really interesting is that like lance bass produced a documentary called the boy band con the lou perlman story and it got released in 2019 so just last year and it's like about how this man lou perlman like created the backstreet boys the backstreet boys started being successful and he was like oh let's take that formula again and like make another one and then he created in sync and he pitted them against each other and it was also like this whole thing where he was like doing a Ponzi scheme and all of this. So like the bands finally like met and they were like, oh, we don't actually hate each other. He's been feeding us lies. And then they realized that like this, their manager was like not paying them and like did this whole messed up thing. But <laughs> that's a whole other topic. But the thing about it that I just found interesting when we were saying how like it took Harry Styles doing something alternative to get people to like take One Direction seriously. It's like, I feel like there is still the stigma around the fact that the Backstreet Boys still tour. And like, it's still just like, oh, like why are these 40 year old women like still paying all their money to like go see the Backstreet Boys multiple times over the summer. And the only person who like escaped that 90s boy bandness 
and like still creating music and nobody is judged about it is Justin Timberlake because he did like his so solo career. And I just think it's really, really interesting, especially when like I have no idea personally if Justin Timberlake writes his own music. But I assume that when he first started and like first started getting recognition for going solo and like doing the type of music he was doing, I assume that there was still a room of like older men helping him create that music. So yeah. it's just it's just really interesting when you think about that. That's a good point. I never even thought about NSYNC and like Justin Timberlake that way. Cause I feel like because of that, it, it, I, I like, it seems like the stigma changed even with NSYNC and with Justin Timberlake being cool after that of like, maybe it is okay. Like maybe boy bands are cool. Like just a little bit. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Cause I guess like, I really like the Backstreet Boys, but by the time I was more into like the happenings of the music industry and like the radio and all that sort of stuff. Like I was more listening to like pop punk warp tour music. And so like the pop music bubble stuff, like wasn't something that I was really in the know of, but I still feel yeah. like it was always something that you would just like take the piss about where it'd be like, Oh, there's like a boy band themed club night like let's go get really drunk and be embarrassing it's never like oh there's a boy band themed club night like let's go listen to our favorite music you know I feel like it's not the same (laughs) type where like oh there's like an emo like club night let's go listen to our favorite music and like cry and be drunk like that's normal but like if there's a boy band one the person suggesting it has to kind of try and make it a joke for people to be like yeah let's go (laughs) it's a joke Yeah, Yeah. even though everyone that's going is going to have a blast because boy band music is inherently good. Yeah, in a non-ironical sense, you're going to seriously have fun, not like ironically have fun. Yeah, exactly. 